When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Story time. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ryan Leaf. When the news broke that he was inducted and he said, I'm not going to Canton. T.O., don't do this, man. Somehow it must have gotten back to him. And I'm still on parole at the time. The Rich Eisen Show. T.O. comes to me. Keep my name out, yo. I'm going to have to fight T.O. in the parking lot of the Del Mar Country Club. <laughs> Today's guests. Baylor head coach Dave Aranda. Browns beat writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Mary Kay Cabot. Go Long founder, Tyler Dunn. Plus, senior writer for GolfChannel.com, Rex Auger. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Ryan Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Leaf here, filling in for Rich today, uh, alongside my tag team partners, TJ Jefferson, Michael Del Tufo, Chris Brockman. Yo. What up? Any eventful... Uh, uh, Items last night for you guys, you know, heading home, spend the day. Anything crazy happened in L.A. for any of you guys? I don't think so. Uh, TJ, you're always up to something. Right, nothing, man. Nothing. Back out there, you said. I will say this, though. I uh, Yesterday, stepping off the uh, putting green here, I kind of turned my ankle. Ooh. Oh, jeez. And it kind of it swelled up a little. And I just want to let you guys know that normally I'm 100%. 85%, man. That's about all I need to... <laughs> Is that uh, why you brought in your shoes today? Yeah, you know, it's about it's all about this, Ryan and Chris and Mike. It's this grit. This is what we're all about. Wow. You understand? Ooh, we're going to so, get to that. We're wow. going to get to that grit, grit here in And a I'm going to have to grit through this ankle injury is all I'm saying. Maybe if you put shoelaces in your shoes, you oh, won't roll your ankles. That's Well, I mean, that's a good point, too. <laughs> no, that's a good point, too. This is fresh print style. No lace. Look, man, no laces. Let's go. I used to have those Jordans when I, when I played in high school. Yeah? Yeah. When you were breaking backboards, I was breaking backboards and doing that <laughs> stuff. Um, I thought we'd get into uh, training camp a little bit. Hard Knocks uh, aired last night. Um, the Detroit Lions with head coach Dan Campbell, which we'll we'll delve into his his opening monologue uh, on the show last night. But since it is kind of the dog days of training camp, right? Getting right, right to the first part of you know um, preseason game start. Thursday night for most teams. Of course, the Hall of Fame game was a week ago. But, um, you know, I want to kind of talk about what training camp was like for me. When it was in college, it was brutal because it was three a days, right? We'd have two a days practice where they were two and a half, three hour long practices. And in the evening, we'd have a special teams practice. And I was a holder, so I always had to go be part of the special teams practice, too. So it was just brutal. Of course, this day and age, things have changed immensely. We have Dave Aranda on a little bit uh, later here to discuss what what their training camp is going into his third season as head coach of the Baylor Bears. Um, but even in the NFL, right, the the CBA that has been negotiated, they've negotiated down to three uh, preseason games as well as a limited amount of hitting. Right, I don't think you're even allowed to hit or put pads or or hit at the NFL level until like the seventh practice or so now. Right. So it, it, it's it's interesting. It really is. My rookie year and in San Diego, I hadn't signed my contract yet. So I was a holdout. Of course, there was no rookie salary cap at the time. So your agent was incredibly important in negotiating a, a deal. And his process, Lee Steinberg was my agent at the time, his process with, with San Diego was that I was draft pick 1B. 
we were 1A and 1B. Either one of us could have gone number one, so therefore he was going to negotiate in, in kind for the highest contract ever, uh, and it shouldn't be uh, a huge discrepancy between Peyton Manning's and mine. And that's what he did. And at the time that I signed, uh, it was the highest, I think, contract ever in NFL history, or at least for a rookie. I can't remember what it was. It might have been of all time. Now, that got eclipsed about two days later when Peyton Manning signed his for about, I don't know, $250,000 more. Um, but for a moment, that was it. And I, I wasn't able to go to training camp. Like my agent said, you have to stay home. Let us get this done. The only leverage you have right now is holding out. Let's, let's get, the, let, get it negotiated. So I was going stir crazy, right? I'm in, in this new house in La Jolla there in, in San Diego watching the news of, of practice and things like that. And I wasn't there. And I'd never, ever in my life, like, not been to a fall camp before. So I'm like, I turned into the best housekeeper you can imagine. I cleaned my house like a million times, just running around ragged, like, what what's going on? And I almost went to camp and just, like, told my agent, I'm just going. I'm on a practice. <laughs> I want to play. Let's go. Finally, he gives me the call about the morning of the second day of training camp. I show up, and it is a circus, everybody, right? There is a helicopter flying over the top of, uh, uh, of, the, of the practice facility we were at uh, there in La Jolla. Um, they had everything ready for me. I walked out. The media was just everywhere. I'm standing. There's a picture that was on the front page of the San Diego Union Tribune of me around a gaggle of reporters, like, just consumed by it uh, from the backside with my name on my jersey. And, and I can only imagine my teammates watching this play out, right? And that's why I think when the rookie contract or the rookie salary cap came into, into play, can you imagine a guy who's never done a thing in the NFL? Not one snap, not one anything, walks onto the football field with that kind of hoopla, with the likes of Junior Seau, and Rodney Harrison, um, Aaron Taylor, a new offensive lineman with us, and he walks onto the field as the highest paid player on your team. I mean, it, it, it can't feel great. You, you, you are hoping for the best because it means bigger contracts for you, assumingly, down the line. But in that moment, you got to look at the kid, the 21-year-old kid, I may have turned 22, 22-year-old kid at the time, walk out on the field and then already be on this pedestal and having done nothing. And that's where I was. But the funny thing about it was I thought I deserved it. Like, I, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to do exactly what I did in college. This isn't going to be a problem. You know, our first meeting that I had, Coach Gilbride at the time, Kevin Gilbride, wasn't really a... a you know, a gung-ho, you know, screaming and yelling type of coach. He was a coach that was very confrontational, right? He expected things done his way. Um, and he had a bit of a struggle of a year the year before, but this was supposed to be something that could jumpstart everything. And uh, a new quarterback, a big physical quarterback in the in the vein of Warren Moon to to take his offense to the next level, Right. And so when we went into practice, um, it, it was kind of like that, right? I loved every minute of it. I loved it. I loved that it was all football. Like there was no worries about class coming up or anything like that. You were in the film room. My, my quarterback coach was June Jones, and him and I spent every waking minute off the field in that film room, right? I think sometimes I get labeled as a guy that didn't work hard, right? And that's kind of a caricature of me. You go back to that early camp and June Jones is speaking glowingly about, you know, how much time and effort I'm putting in to being the starting quarterback, wanting to be the starting quarterback in the film room. And film was never an issue for me. I mean, I would fall asleep in my head coach's office in college and he'd have to wake me up in the morning with the blue screen up on the wall because I fell asleep watching film in his <laughs> office. Right. That that was never the case. It was all about how I dealt with failure. Uh, that was that was where my downfall was. Incredibly talented worked hard, and now uh, a few weeks in to camp after my performances in early early preseason games, I was named the starter, right? It was everything I wanted. There was nothing that was going to hold me back from being the starter. Now, should I have been the starter in year one? Probably not. Not because I, I didn't earn it, 
but just mentally, maturity, all of the things that come with being an NFL quarterback. Completely not ready. But I, there was nothing going to stop me from being it. That was like the competition. Uh, that made me who I was, what I was supposed to be. If I wasn't, that would have been a knock on me, right? That would have been something. something's wrong with him. How is he not the starter now, right? And so once that was announced, as you guys know, there's a lot of rookie hazing, especially for mm-hmm. for the first first round draft picks. And, um, you know, they were taking guys after practice and taping them to the uh, to the goalposts, you know, dumping Gatorade baths on them, which I, you know, it's kind of endearing. I mean, I don't know another grown man hauling me to uh, a spot and taping me up is something I, I would be OK with. But I mean, it was <laughs> outside of that forum, <laughs> right outside of that forum. But in itself, it was it was it was team camaraderie, all those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, one night I was watching film and Junior Seau, the leader of that team, the leader of the defense, he walks into the film room there and he says, baby boy. That's what was my, ni- my nickname <laughs> wow, from, okay. from, from Junior. Uh, Tyrese. I, I, I liked it. I mean, I thought it was pretty cool that the one of the greatest players of all time in NFL history you know, had baby boy. We're not going to tape you this week, but you're going you're gonna to take the defense out to dinner. And I said, "Well, I, I, I can't, I can't spend the time away. I gotta, I gotta watch film here. Um, here's my credit card." Ooh, wow, <laughs> that's that there's some trust there, right? There's some trust, trust there. So I gave him my credit card, and he went with the defense, and they went out and had a heck of a time. I heard that uh, some of the defensive guys just showed up for ten minutes, walked in, asked for a couple of bottles of um, uh, Cristal, and and out they went. I. <laughs> I think the bill ultimately was around five thousand dollars, or just just above that. That's not too bad. Wow, well, I, I thought so it was going to be way higher. Right, <laughs> right. Well, don't forget, back in nineteen ninety eight, it was yeah, it was a different a monster. Point. Things weren't, point. you know, I don't think we've had that fifty thousand dollar bill that Des Bryant talks about all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, right that right, that had right, come right. around. So this was, and also I felt like it was. I felt like it endeared me to the team. I felt like I was part of the team. That's what not I only felt was I doing it. something productive by watching film in the film room but now i was i was giving it to uh um you know being a part of it with the defense i don't i don't care i remember when the bill came back i remember the first you know five thousand dollars like the most i'd ever spent in my life on anything i don't i don't know i don't know 100 bucks at that <laughs> on point. a pair of jordans <laughs> you know i i my parents bought the air jordans right so i don't okay. i don't know <laughs> i don't remember having spent any money up to that point on anything so it was shocking, you know, but I was like, okay, okay. I mean, you know, I just got $31 million. I guess $5,000 is okay. It's a how it's perspective and how you look with it. But I, I love that. It was, I love where we were going. I love where we were trending. Um, and we went out to practice a couple of days later. I threw a, I threw a pick and I was running it down and junior kind of cut me off and kind of lit me up in the practice. Oh, Right. And I got up and went at him. And my old lineman loved that. Loved that their quarterback got up, went after the defensive yeah. player. Well, it got reported. It got reported by everybody that I was upset that Junior had gone into my room, stolen my credit card, and paid for the dinner. That was the story that the what? Union Tribune went, How? and that I went and complained to management. Oh, jeez! And this this story hung in the air forever, and I never commented on it because I just thought it was so foolish. Junior didn't either. And then years and years and years later, it continued to become this this fable that just got re, regurgitated and more and more about <laughs> about. Uh, I, and, and just a few months ago on a podcast, someone was talking about how uh, I think Garrett Wilson was talking about how he didn't want to, he wasn't gonna gonna dish out a bunch of money for a, a hazing thing like that. You can do you can do whatever the hell you want to me, but you're not gonna spend a hundred thousand dollars of my my money before right. my rookie year starts. And so they brought up the Junior Sale Ryan Leaf story, and they said, yeah, it can totally backfire. Like Junior Sale stole Ryan Leaf's credit card, and Ryan was so pissed he went to management and then went after him in practice. <laughs> Wow. Um, and it turned that into was, one of those cut a fish this big stories. Right? Yes, just, it just kept going on. So finally, I think I was on the Pat McAfee show, and I just, I told the story. That's that's the truest part of the story. He was, he came in and asked me for it. 
I was going to be the starting quarterback. They went out and spent it on the defense. That was it. There's no story to it. But I think because of how I imploded, the chaos that ensued with me, I think it just became this bigger, bigger story. The fable of my first training camp. Yeah, I just, found, I just found an article uh, from 2013 that has a former uh, Chargers exec telling SI the year before about how Junior had taken your credit card and you complained to Bobby Bethard and then Junior lit you up in practice as a way of saying, like, don't go to management. Yeah. So that rumor has been going around for a long time. I mean, that's like, what, 15 years after it supposedly happened. Yeah. That's so interesting. Well, it's the same thing. It's like Bill Polian going on the radio talking about the draft experience with me and saying that I showed up to the meeting and said, I, I, I won't be at the minicap days because I'll be in Vegas with my, with my buddies. Right, right. That was a story that had, we had long heard. Right. And I, I just couldn't. I mean, things get this fish, this fish was this big, this yeah. big, this big. Telephone, man. You know, it's, it, it's crazy. It's crazy what camp looks like. Hard Knocks didn't exist. Wow, what if Hard Knocks would have existed that year with us in that first training camp? It would have been pretty boring, to be honest with you. But what we saw last night, right, first thing you came in, Chris Brockman. Yeah, I wanted to know if you guys had seen it. The opening of Hard Knocks last night, Dan Campbell, who's been a quote machine, who's been a quote machine early on in his career, went on a bit of a diatribe, and there was so many men... At, at the beginning, I was fired up. Mm-hmm. Like, I was ready to roll. And then it started kind of teetering off course with mixed metaphors and then the shallows <laughs> and on the beach and then the abyss and then a the tunnel a and tunnel the, with no light when then, then there is light. The, and then, but it's a freight train because he heard a Metallica song and we're treading water to bury you. I'm, are we in the water? Are we on the land? I'm very confused. Uh, some of the players looked confused. That was the thing. Some of the players looked confused. Now, you know, Mike Del Tufo knows better than anybody. You can edit anything you want to put together to make it, you know, oh, yeah. you you know any reality something. show. Exactly. You can take but, yeah, we yeah. got to take that into consideration. Yeah. <laughs> this is a question for listeners out there, right? Um, if you want to give us a call, 844-204-RICH, 844-204-7424. Is that kind of coaching style... Is that a motivating factor for you? Would that motivate you to get the best out of you? This team hasn't been to the playoffs since Jim Caldwell was the head coach. And guess what? Jim Caldwell was my quarterback coach in Tampa. He is the polar opposite of Dan Campbell. He came up in the Tony Dungy era of, of coaching and how to, how to handle yourself. Sometimes you wonder with Kids that are, I shouldn't call them kids, young men who are 22 to 28 years old, um, new into the league, seeing a coach fired up like that. If you watch some of the pregame stuff, remember Ray, Ray Lewis back in the day in those huddles would yeah, just man. be screaming at people and barking and getting people fired up. Sometimes I think that craziness is what guys need. I don't know if it's the how you open camp with it, if that's a motivating factor in all this, because it's going to be a long, long time. But I'd love to hear what people think around what Dan Campbell does. Is it something that would motivate you? Would have you run through a brick wall? Because I think his team and the moment when there's when they're 0 and 0, I think it feels like it right now. There's a there's a there's a hype to Detroit. Uh some they young have, players. They have like sleeper potential, I feel like. Especially in a division where the Chicago Bears look like they're sliding down a mudslide and and, I mean, and there's no stopping it in any way, shape, look like or form. Kind of the bottom five team and we don't know what Minnesota's going to look like. We all assume Green Bay is going to be be kind of there. But yeah, that was kind of my thought while I was watching the episode. Uh, you know, we all kind of play not to your level, but TJ and I played high school and and some a little bit in college. And it's just like, uh, does that do it for you as a player? This type of Dan Campbell kind of he's very passionate. I don't believe it's phony. Watching the episode, I really and just you know what he talked about last year. I believe that's really who he is. He played in the league. He was a Bill Parcells guy down in Miami and then learned under Sean Payton in New Orleans. And so I really believe that's who he is as a, as a man and as a, as a coach. But I, I'm just wondering, like, would that do it for you? That type of just like all these mixing metaphors and the screaming and then right in your face. And I love you, man. I think about you guys 24-7. 
You know, I, I don't know. Just maybe, I, maybe at 22, that would have done it for me. But at 42, I'm just like, just let me alone. Let me, let me get to work. Yeah, but at 42, you're, you're not 42. playing football. Let me do my job. <laughs> you're only 42? Oh, man, I, I'm like 32. Come on, bro. By um, the way, though, just for the record, I did not play in high school. I was 5'6 in 10th grade, so I, I wasn't playing high school football. I'm trying to talk you up, man. I know, but I don't want to lie to the folks on, out there. I was, I was a little dude. I, I Mike shot lies up. to them all day. Like, Accountability. You know, I like it. Yeah, not, we're, we're rubbing off on I each other. I grew as I got older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but give us a call for real. Like, would this coaching style work for you? Yeah, is what it, is your coaching style? What, if, if you, what would you run through a wall for a guy that yeah. is in your ear constantly about – just motivational things. I love you. You got to be better. This is that. One day at a time. We're going to get better. One percent better tomorrow. Or is it someone like Belichick or Kyle Shanahan? Just someone who's kind of more not subdued, but just like, you know, we're on a different level. And we're, we're kind of talking to you in a regular, normal voice most of the time. Mike Price, who till this day is the greatest coach that I ever played for. Um, and that's saying a bunch. I played for Tony Dungy. Um, you know, Kevin Gilbride, June Jones. I played for some, some great coaches, but he, he just, the way he motivated was pretty, he kind of moved in silence and, and then just boom, he, there's an explosion. Like all of a sudden, Tommy, all of a sudden he hires uh, somebody to, to ride out onto the practice field on, on a horse when we're playing the USC Trojans that week, right? And the song's <laughs> playing. And then we're about to play Oregon, or Cal, I can't remember that year. And we're all in the dining hall pregame, and we're just kind of, you know, we're kind of, you know, getting ready. Everybody's quiet. All of a sudden, this, you know, 55-year-old man jumps up on the table and starts screaming, I'm so excited by the Pointer Sisters. And I'm like, <laughs> what the? But I'm 21 years old, and yeah. I'm like, dude, this is, this is really cool. This is motivating. This is interesting. So maybe you're right. Maybe the 22 to 28-year-old guys are buying into it, right. want it, but you and me at 42 and 46 are going – Oh my God! Please stop. Yeah, but at your age is now. You're not competitive athletes, so you don't have well, to I worry. Mean, about I, guess I, don't, I don't know about so, you. I just I, I just want I mean, a home run I'm next derby. You are day, you are you the know? home run king over yes. here. But I'm just saying. I mean, maybe know? we should ask Tom Brady. Like, yeah, but he's an anomaly. Like he's one. No, but of I'm one. saying he is our age. Yeah, but there's one guy that you can go to to ask this question of what, of what you speak. Like, I don't know. It's just I don't know. I'm just wondering. Like, if Rich came in here. And before the season started, gave this Dan Campbell type speech. Wouldn't you roll your eyes? If I would Rich, be like, what are you doing? If Rich said that stuff, I'd, I'd laugh. Yeah, right. that's what I mean. If he's in here talking about tunnels and the abyss and the, the trains coming at you, like, let's go have and then go have fun. I love that. That was my favorite part. Dan Campbell's talking about all this bleak, dark crap. There is and no then he's light. Like, let's go have fun. There is no light. What? <laughs> there is and then no he's light, like, let's go have fun. If it's there a freight is train. light, if there is light, it's a freight train coming, coming right for at your you. ass. <laughs> right? And you're like, let's go have fun. Fun? How? Like, How? What? How? <laughs> I don't care if you have one finger and half a butt cheek or something like that. What was it? Oh, no, it was half a butt a cheek, cheek and, and three and fingers. Three toes? Wait a minute. Look, I, I think it was I, I three toes. Here. I think it was um, half a butt here. cheek and three one toes. One ass cheek and three toes, and I will beat your bleep. There you go. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, like what? So like this? And, and, and so guys, you just showed up with this? Yeah. Well, three and then toes. half a butt cheek. Yeah. Three toes. And just remember, half. however you feel now, it's the best you're going to feel. Well, that, there's truth in that one. Yeah, without question. Without until question. Until mid-March. Like, so. it's, he was like, you're 85%, though. You're not 100%. You'll never be 100%. Like you say, you'll be 85%. Yeah. 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 No, he's, there, there's, a, there's a former player in that aspect of things. And they, they commented and showed... Um, how many former players they have yeah, it's cool. on that coaching staff. They like over, over 90 years of, of playing experience yeah. on this coaching staff. Mark Brunel, of course, played 19 years. Yeah, Mark Brunel, Aaron Glenn, uh, Deuce Staley, like a lot, of, a lot of good former players who played a lot Antoine of years. Randall in the Antoine Randall L. Antoine Randall L., Super yep. Bowl champ, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, the Lions are fun. Like, Hard Knocks kind of sucks you back in. If, for me... The Hard Knocks debut is really the kickoff to the NFL season. Yeah. Uh, it's something to look forward to each week. It's something to talk about uh, the next day. And so, look, I'm just glad it's back. Uh, we didn't see any sprinkler ticking last night, Mike, which was a little disappointing. But it's nice to hear Liev's voice and, and then the music. Like I can't get enough of the Hard the Knocks. Liev Schreiber, iconic voice, right? Iconic. Yeah. I would love him. I would love for him just to do like a voiceover for like, something for like me. A just, day? Just, just like for a day driving in my, in my car. <laughs> yeah. It would be great. Yeah. But Ryan Leaf decided to make a left turn. Right. When and Leaf got up, he decided to make a left turn when he should have gone right, dun, dun, as we all know. 
Chris cut another person off Story on the 405. Of my life. <laughs> All right, Dave Aranda is going to join us here in a few minutes. Um, but first, I don't know uh, if you know your numbers, you yeah. don't know your business. That's true when your business is growing fast, and even more true when there's a lot of uncertainty. Inflation is running rampant, supply chains are clogged, and the labor market is tight. What does that mean for margins? But not every business is in the dark. Over 31,000 businesses know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and of course, inventory. So you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. In 2022, profit is the new growth. So NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your manual business processes, and see where to save money. Know your numbers, know your business, and get to know how NetSuite can be the source of truth for your entire company. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash slash uh, rich radio right now. netsuite.com slash slash rich radio. netsuite.com slash rich radio for that. All right. When we come back, Dave Aranda, Baylor, head football coach, is going to join us talk a little college football. We'll be right back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Leaf here, filling in for Rich as he's off this week before getting kick-started with the NFL season. Um, this next guest uh, is uh, I'm a big fan of. I had the privilege of covering his team uh, a few times a year ago and then had the great honor of being asked to come and speak to that group of young men uh, on campus back in June uh, for the Baylor Bears. Head coach Dave Aranda joins the show now here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Hey, Coach, how we doing? Doing great. Good to hear from you. Um, dog days of summer, right? Camp starting. How has uh, how has the introduction to the new season come about? I know you were uh, building culture hard this soft season, and how's it gone so far? It's going good. You know, today's the first day of pads. We've got a 9 o'clock um, and, you know, nine o'clock PM practice tonight. You know, we've got a game um, on our schedule that's going to be at that time, and so we're 
trying to get used to being under the lights and all of it, but uh, it's been good, you know, um, helmets and shells, um, those practices have been uh, real efficient, you know, it's, they've been executed good, the energy has been really, really good, and so excited about it, you know, I, how we push through these next couple of days, though, is really going to kind of set the the identity of the team, you know, how we handle kind of the task within the task, you know. Um, and so we'll see. I feel like the the momentum and the want to and all that's way there. The uh, expectations on your team, right, didn't really exist a year ago after your first year. Uh, and then the way you came out and played, uh, how you went about your business to ultimately get to the Big 12 championship and become Big 12 champions. What has that done for the not only for the coaching staff, but for these players in terms of confidence and expectation on a year that we're about to you know, tread into? I think it, you know, just from last year's path, it shows that um, you don't have to be an a-hole to win, you know, <laughs> that you don't have to, uh, um, you know, look at all of it a certain way just to win. I don't know if, you know, I think sometimes those things get on your phone and kind of get viral and maybe you, when you've come up, you've been coached or been around other players that have really been about those things. And so after a while, it kind of becomes, this is the path. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that, um, you know, I think last year there was a lot of speaking kind of a certain way, you know, um, this is, it's, you know, football is a platform to show the world who you are as a person. And, you know, the most important thing is the person you become as a result of all of this, you know, and, and, and I think it was probably difficult for a lot of guys to hear. And I think this year, there's a better understanding, you know, I think for, for, for some of the freshmen, the guys that are coming in, having heard it all recruiting, you know, season and then seeing the team, it might be even stronger with them. You know, I think some of the guys on the team just kind of feeling that this is my turn now, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the field of weeds and wheat and I have to build a, to, to maneuver through all of this and hold the tension of it. I think that's way, that's way where we're at. And so, like I say, these next couple of days are going to be good to kind of continue to kind of to push to become, you know, who we need to be. Where we're speaking with uh, head Baylor football coach, Dave Aranda. Um, where, where did you get your coaching philosophy from? I, I found it very interesting covering a few of your games last year, getting on those zooms with you and hearing your, the way you spoke and talked and, and now getting to know you better. Uh, it, it, it really is kind of your identity where where did you where did you find that philosophy over all the years of coaching uh, and getting to where you're at no i appreciate the question i don't i don't know i um i was always when i was growing up i was i'm i don't not really into to reading or books or education i guess <laughs> that kind of included high school years and um was at a junior college California and then started to kind of get into uh, to school and it just became so much easier when you read your books and studied and did all the things and then I became a philosophy major and then started to study um, religion and you know faith and reason and uh, sports psychology it just always struck me that there's always you know it, it's 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 interesting I think there's some you know, I'm always looking at like, what is the thing we're really doing when we're doing what we're doing? And it just always, I think there's, there's folks that can be very direct and very, very precise with, uh, you know, direction and commands and, and people can just kind of roll with it when they hear it. And for me, it's like, what is he really saying? Why is he saying that? What does this mean? You know, yeah. <laughs> so you have to go way deep into it. And, but I feel like when, you know, you kind of have to go down, but then when you come back up, it's, it can be way strong with connections. And this is kind of the, you know, these are the people that have come before, right? This is something that is a natural, uh, natural feeling that you're going through. This is a stage of life. This is the, 
know, this is reflected in this movie, right? This is reflected in, you know, in Ryan Lee's life. This is, you know, and you go from, there's like an awakening where it's kind of, this is all about me. This is just, it's me versus the world. So you can get, there's the other side of that is that, you know, there's a connection with everybody, man. Right. And you can learn from everybody and there's 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 empathy for everybody from from other from other folks. And it's just that's just way strong. But it takes a while for guys to get there because they just want to fight it all, you know. And then in the process of that, when you're playing ball and you're fighting everything, you know, you're you kind of missing the whole point. The um, the arc of college football right now in terms of where it's going, going for the big bag of money, uh, you know, switching conferences and stuff like that. Your name was floated around a ton a year ago after the success about a another job here or possibly there. I think you kind of are flying in the face of what uh, people expect to be college football. You found a home in Waco. Uh, you, you love what Baylor pre- presents to you as a as, as a man and, and and to the university. Kind of speak to that a little bit and and why you why you chose Baylor and and why you're committed to making it the best possible place you can imagine. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I think uh, Baylor helps me become um, a better man. You know, I I think so much of it is it's it's interesting and it was just great about you know, getting to visit with you and hearing your story and, uh, you know, our guys still talk about your talk, but it's so much of it is just making yourself fully available to other people and really being seen. And that just takes a lot of courage to do that. And, you know, you have to, you have to know who you are and then you have to get out of your own way. And I don't know, those things are very hard to do. (laughs) And and there's just so, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, our jobs or our professions and everything are almost, um, you know, they can be used to uh, distract you and have you kind of just play the game of all of it, or they can be used um, for that uh, transcendence, you know? And so I I feel that here, and I think like that to me is way important. And um, I don't know, you know, I, I think the, the, I feel like our guys are starting to, to have an understanding of that, or at least they know when I'm talking and they don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> they know I'm being sincere and that I believe it, you know? Yeah. And so I just feel at home here. Well, I, I can, I can see from afar and while I'm there that you, you do feel at home and this team is, is, is raring to go. I'm excited for it. Before we get you out of here, let's talk a little football, right? I mean, you know, Jerry Bohannon uh, did a heck of a job for you a year ago. Uh, Blake Shapin uh, steps into the into the the, the Big Twelve championship, and uh, this offseason won the job and is now your quarterback. Uh, kind of talk to us about that a little bit, and and just what you expect from this team this season. No, appreciate it. Yeah, I, so far, um, so we're going into our sixth day today. Um, you know, there's been a really good balance of run and pass. I think the ability with the wide zone, just the pro style attack, is to really force people to play with edges, force safeties to kind of get down in the box, and um, you know, there's just big play ability. You know, I think in the in the league, what was it? Maybe a couple of years ago, when the Rams are kind of coming up and they had that Super Bowl game versus the Patriots. And the Patriots played like a six-one, and they did, and they had their both safeties deep, so they could kind of catch those overs, you know, off the play-action pass that the Rams are running. And so, I mean, there's big playability within just kind of the structure of the offense that we play. And so, to to connect on those things, and to um, you know, if corners are playing off, to because the safeties have to be in, and the corners are playing off to protect that way, to to take advantage of the of the grass with just uh, free access throws, but to, to, to be precise and to connect on all that stuff and give the offense a big playability, I think just adds a, a whole other layer with it. You know, I think Blake and his um, development is, is maturing as a leader. You know, we've got to continue to, to um, you know, run into these storms. You know, I look at our season, it's really that. I mean, we, we've got, we're running into one storm after another, you know, on the road particularly. And so for us to um, to mature and take these days that we have to 
to kind of rep that and um, kind of harden that muscle, I think, is going to be way important for us. But the, the throw game has been good. I think defensively, you look at our front and it's just the depth that we have and, you know, knock on wood that all that is going to continue to be there for us. I feel, you know, there's a confidence among the team, but there's also like a real strong hunger for our identity and this is this year and this is us. And so it's a, it's a good mix. It sounds like it. Uh, coach, thanks for taking the time. Hopefully I'll get out there and, and maybe get one of your games again this year, but continued success and good luck on this season. No, appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks coach. Dave Aranda, Baylor head football coach in his third year, winning his uh, winning a Big 12 championship a year ago in a year where Texas and Oklahoma decided to vacate. It couldn't have been a better thing for the Big 12 Conference to see a couple of their teams that weren't a part of that, um, of leaving to go to the SEC. All right, when we come back, we'll uh, recap a little, bit about, uh, a little bit about that and talk about some of the injuries that came out yesterday from camp here on the Rich Eisen Show. You're listening to Ryan Leaf here on the Rich Eisen Show filling in. We'll be right back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Leaf here, filling in for Rich out this week alongside TJ Jefferson, Michael Del Tufo on the ones and twos, Chris Brockman. Hey, hey. Playing the hot corner today for us, uh, as always. Um, Dave Aranda, uh, you know, we just had him on, Baylor head football coach. Um, If you all remember a year ago, right around this time, a little bit before, uh, the SEC uh, shocked the world with the um, move by both Oklahoma and Texas in a couple years to the SEC out of the Big 12, which at the moment put the Big 12 on life support. What's that going to look like, right? They went out and found four other teams, teams that one made the college football playoff in Cincinnati, Central Florida, Houston, and BYU. Those are the four teams that they added to the mix when those two teams left. Uh, I think people still feel like it's a, a bit underwater, but I, I found the most important thing for them to do a year ago was to go out and compete in that conference and showcase that both Oklahoma and Texas are, are not to be um, thought of, right? And that's what happened. Oklahoma State went out had one of the best years in school history. Baylor did as well in year two under Dave Aranda. If, all you guys, if any of you guys don't know who Dave is, he, he was the defensive coordinator on that LSU national championship team right. that sent like half their starters to the NFL in the first round, right? 
he does an incredible job. Uh, you know, this was a perfect example of how we started the show around Dan Campbell as kind of a in-your-face screamer, uh, you know, metaphors, biting kneecaps and three fingers and a, and a butt cheek Booty type cheeks. of mentality yeah. uh, to what Dave Aranda sounds like, right, uh, <laughs> as a coach. I mean, that, that, that couldn't be more night and day. But wow. when I asked him the question around who does, his, who does he get his coaching philosophy from, I've heard him say it before, and it's somebody that I played for. It's really Tony Dungy. And so that kind of of makes sense, right? Tony was a bit of that way, right? Just very faith-based, wasn't a charge in uh, to motivate, but rather do it in a, um, you know, take you aside type of way. And I can tell you right now, these Baylor Bears have responded, right? To win it in the fashion in which they did a year ago. Um, making that stop on fourth down at the goal line to win the championship and then to spend some time on campus this summer to see uh, how they're going about their business. The culture there has definitely changed uh, and they are they are to be reckoned with. Now, um, I want to go over their schedule a little bit, all you Baylor Bears fans out there. Um, yeah, Ryan, also the uh, coaches poll came out uh, two days ago. Right, where they have them? Like, Baylor's number 10. Number 10. Number so, 10. I mean... Coaches around the college uh, landscape see what Dave has done in his, in his few years. Run the football, right? They run the football, they run play action, uh, and they play great defense and get turnovers. I mean, that's just that's just the you know the ingredients needed for championship football. Biggest thing for me is their road. I mean, he talked about it. Their road schedule is is brutal, right? At BYU in week two, at Iowa State, right. We get Oklahoma State at home, it's great. But at West Virginia on a Thursday night in Morgantown, Ooh. at Oklahoma, at Texas. Ooh. That's a that's a that's a brutal That's tough. Not you know, that's a brutal road schedule. But they were incredibly good on the road and at home last year. I expect them to do much of the same this year. So uh speaking of that that top twenty five, can we put that together? I, I'd love to kind of go over that because there's some interesting um um, aspects to this in particular one uh, let's start with the top 10 here right Alabama of course uh, they get the most votes uh, they should every single year uh, 54 first place votes Ohio State with five I thought they would be a little bit closer to this I think Ohio State can be incredibly dangerous this year I mean they are loaded uh, once again their their performance in the Rose Bowl was exceptional Georgia having lost that whole team still comes in at three Clemson they're looking for a rebound ironically enough those four teams the elite of the elite, right? Notre Dame followed right. by Michigan. Michigan gets thrown up there. I bet Mr. Rich Eisen's pretty happy with happy. where they're starting yeah. this year. Texas A&M, who apparently bought their entire team this year. <laughs> um, the Utah Utes. I'm going to, after I host the show on Friday, I'm jumping on a plane, flying to Salt Lake. Going to be with the Utes for uh, for a couple days there. Nice. Uh, picked to finish uh, or picked to start the season at eighth right now. Uh, re- that's impressive to start that high because if they have a great year guess where they open up guys in the swamp at florida wow it's a big non-conference matchup right oklahoma even under brent venables um after lincoln riley departure picked at nine and then baylor the team we just talked about at 10 all right let's pop into the uh uh, the next 10 after that okay we just had the top 10 so um the team i wanted to showcase i think is picked around Brockman, correct me if I'm wrong here, but USC. Who are we looking at? USC's 15. 15, right. This for me is, this This tells you what kind of impact Lincoln Riley has, right? The move he makes to go to USC, the transformation of the roster. Apparently 30, 30 plus new players on the roster because of the transfer portal. They've added the Bolitnikoff Award winner at wide receiver in Jordan Addison. Travis Dye. Best running back in the Pac-12 comes from Oregon and heads to USC. Um, they get Caleb Williams, his quarterback, five-star quarterback, who we talked to Yogi Roth about yesterday, uh, and from Oklahoma. And people assume that a team last year that was 4-8, four 4-8, eight, four eight, with that turnover, with a new coaching staff because of Lincoln Riley and those things – can now be are back. They're back. Yeah, it's like Texas. It's like Texas getting a first place vote. 
Who, who I just saw that. That who, is insane. Who who do you think did that? Sarkeesian or do you think this is the maybe <laughs> Saban did it? Because they play him in week two. Like, look, no one somebody thinks we don't we, we can't win this thing. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, maybe. You know? You wonder. Uh, the AP poll comes out here, I think, next week or later in this week, so we'll know a little bit more there. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I have USC going 8-4 and four this year. Okay. Which, if you look at their schedule, I, I think w- people would walk away from and go, you know, that's... But expectations are going to be through the roof for this football team. So we'll see. We'll see. When we come back, uh, we'll get back into the NFL uh, and uh, talk about training camp and the teams and divisions we're going to discuss. Here on the Rich Eisen Show, I'm Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich. All right, so when we come back, um, we're going to want to talk about the divisions that we were starting to dive into. And today, particularly because we have Mary Kay Cabot on for the Cleveland Browns and the, and the Cleveland Plain Dealer here in about 25 minutes or so, um, we want to talk about the AFC North, Let's right? Incredible division. Pittsburgh has never had a losing season under Mike Tomlin. Cincinnati goes to the Super Bowl in year two with Jim, uh, Joe Burrow. The Lamar Jackson scenario in Baltimore, does he get the new contract? There's no way he plays on the fifth-year option this year, does he? I can't imagine. Why would he? Why would you, why would you put yourself would in you that type that? of situation, yeah, right? I wouldn't do it if I was him. So, And then you look at the Cleveland Browns with all the chaos that has ensued. This may be one of the most um, chaotic but interesting divisions of football this year because of all the storylines that we just talked about. So we're going to dive deep into that um, uh, when we come back. Also, um, Tyler Dunn uh, is going to join us. Buffalo Bills, really, beat writer, has his own um, podcast and in, in, in go long TD at uh, .com uh, that he's done, but he follows the Buffalo Bills really, really closely. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested to get his insight on uh, you know, what the offense looks like now that Brian Dable's gone, right? How the coaching staff has addressed what went down at Arrowhead Stadium in the divisional round of the playoffs. Those are two big questions I want answered there. And then when we get into hour three, we're going to discuss um, the live situation, right? Uh, the injunction that the players were looking for, the three players that were suing the PGA Tour to try to get access to play into the FedEx, play, FedEx playoffs, it was denied yesterday, and simply because of the amount of money they're being uh, given by the the Live Tour, the judge ruled that they did not believe that these players would be hampered by not playing in the playoffs because of the amount of money that they made, essentially. So they will not be involved. This will be ongoing, of course. This will be something that continues for some time on the legal side of things. Um, Rex, Go- Rex, Ho- Rex Hogard from the golfchannel.com writer from the net is going to join us to talk about uh, when we come back. So uh, you're listening to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. We'll be right back.